one step in this long progress. It's been a team effort by us all the way. We're but part of the whole team that's worked so hard. The shuttle era will come to an end. But they won't stop inspiring, and they won't stop being a part of the fabric of America. We choose to go to the moon. Talking Space, episode number 441, recorded during November 2012, following the rollover of Space Shuttle Atlantis from Kennedy Space Center's Vehicle Assembly Building to the Visitor Complex. The title of this episode is Treft unsere Freunde aus Deutschland, which translated means Meet Our Friends from Germany. The special episode covers some personal stories about NASA and the Space Shuttle program. In particular, you get to meet my friends from Germany and listen as they tell some stories of travel and share their special memories about our space shuttles. It's a pleasure to introduce Klaus Kruger from Hamburg, Germany, and Alex von Eckertsberg from Frankfurt, Germany. We talk about the launches and the transition retirement of the orbiters. They made many trips for many years. I wonder, would you and I be as willing to commit that much time and money to see those inspiring spacecraft? I think you'll enjoy hearing them talk about the years of interest in the U.S. Space Shuttle program, not just at the end of the program when much of the U.S. started to pay attention again. Please share with us one of your special moments from the world of space flight and space exploration. Send a message via Twitter to at Talking Space. You can contact me on Twitter as at Mark Ratterman, M-A-R-K-R-A-T-T-E-R-M-A-N. Send an email to mailbag at talkingspaceonline.com if you'd like to attach a short audio recording. Maybe we'll use it in a future episode. First up, I'll be talking with Klaus and then with Alex. So sit back, relax, enjoy this special show from the three of us to all of you. Tell us, uh, where is home? Where in Germany do you live? Where's home? Um, the town I'm living is called Glinde. Um, this is a small town located uh, north uh, east of Hamburg, so it's a little bit in the north, but I think a lot of people know Hamburg uh, very well. And I'm Linde uh, is located about 15 miles away from the center of Hamburg. So normally uh, I say I'm living in Hamburg because a lot of people know this much better than. And then you mention a small, tiny town like like Linde. And of course, a lot of people in my age uh, were fascinated when uh, Neil Armstrong uh, first uh, set step on the moon. And I think that uh, up to this time, I think it was three years old, I said, wow, this is so fascinating. And I tried to find books to read about that and uh, collected all the books I could could get to get more information um, about the rocket uh, that uh, was able to bring them to the moon 
the training, the different name of the crew. It was very difficult up to this time because there was no internet available to get all this information. And even with the start of uh, the news program, you get a little bit more information, but not, not so much. And when I get the chance to come over to the United States, I said, well, I want to visit the Kennedy Space Center to see where this important part of history is made. And so I started to get interested uh, in uh, this visit uh, to the Kennedy Space Center complex. The first uh, two times uh, I was uh, always unlucky. I had never seen a space shuttle before. And then uh, with the um, evolution of the internet, it was possible to see NASA TV and get much more information. And that made it more fascinating for, 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 for me. And then I, f I finally found out it's possible to um, be at the KSC when a launch will take place. And so I said, well, this is something I would like to do. And so I finally found out that it's possible to buy tickets uh, on the NASA website. And I noticed after <laughs> three attempts, uh, it's not so easy to get those tickets because after two minutes, all the tickets were sold at the causeway. Mm, yes, and the the that that me uh, that meant to me okay, the chances are not so high, but uh, with a little bit of research on the internet, I found out that there are two licensed bus tour operators uh, who also offer tickets uh, to the launches, and it was my first successful launch, STS one twenty five, and so it. Uh, went on and said, well, my next target is perhaps I am able to see each um, uh, each orbiter at least once launching. Klaus, when was your first visit to KSC? You've mentioned the first visit for a shuttle launch, but prior to that, when was your first trip here? Uh, the first trip to T Cape Kennedy was 1994. And uh, up to this time, you uh, could still buy, when you were visiting from a different country, you could buy a standby ticket for, uh, for an airline. So I had a standby ticket uh, from Delta Airlines. And uh, so I decided with a friend I was traveling with that we could fly to different uh, um, uh, towns to visit, uh, to visit, uh, to visit cities with all the different cities in, uh, um, I think it was five weeks or so. And of course I said, hey, when I'm going to the uh, United States for the first time, I like to be at the Kennedy Space Center. And that was my first ever contact uh, with the Kennedy Space Center. And it was really amazing, even without a space shuttle to see or without a launch, to see how big the VRB is, um, um, how the launch pads looks like in reality, that was really uh, amazing. And to stand under those um, enormous, gigantic uh, um, Saturn V rocket, this is so amazing. I think you can read a lot of 
in books how it would look like, but it's nothing compared to the uh, reality, how big this rocket is. It's like a space shuttle launch, if you, see, if you say, hey, I've seen the launches on TV, reality does, uh, uh, does not compare to um, something you see on TV or something you read in the books. It's completely different and it's worse to encounter it in real, in, in real life. Most certainly. So I imagine that your uh, friends, people that know you at home, do they come talk to you when they have questions or when they hear the news where in the past something was coming up or maybe a launch was changed or delayed? Do your friends come talk to you? Yes, yeah, that is, uh, that, is, uh, that is really nice because a lot of people um, are really interested in the space program, but um, sometimes they are too shy to ask. They do not know how to ask uh, uh, to, to get uh, an, an answer. And so because they know that uh, I've been there so often, I'm asked by a lot of uh, people, even in my company or in my family. That's um, an um, absolute common thing, even my grand uh, or my, my, my aunt, not my grand aunt, uh, she's now 98 years old. Um, I used to call her, I think, at least almost every week or every two weeks and every time the ISS passes over Munich, she lives, she lives in Munich, the uh, south of Germany, I give her all the, the times when the ISS um, flies over. And believe it or not, she goes to her balcony and watches the ISS. And she also could tell her son, he's I think in the 60s or so, um, what is going on. The, <clears throat> the first time she saw, uh, showed her son um, the ISS, and that was during one of the space shuttle missions. And Atlantis had undocked from the ISS, I think, almost... 45 minutes ago or so, and so uh, when they watched the ISS flying uh, over the sky, they also were able to see Atlantis. And they said, hey, what's this, uh, what, what's this uh, over af after, after the ISS? And I said, well, this is Space Shuttle uh, Atlantis, and they just have undocked uh, 45 minutes ago, and uh, her son said, hey, how do you all know this stuff? This is not on the news. And she said, hey, Klaus told me. <laughs> That's really nice. So what about the future? Can you imagine with all of the travels that you are behind you for the space shuttle program, do you see that sometime in the future for a commercial crew launch, when they start to launch crew here from the U.S., do you plan to come and uh, hopefully to see one of those launches? Um, this is definitely one of uh, one of my plans. Um, I was uh, lucky to see so far two uh, Atlas V launches, and um, what I know that one of the companies that won the contracts uh, from NASA, uh, one of the companies is also trying to um, do um, crew uh, launch to the ISS with one of those Atlas Vs. I think they will put one of those uh, 
uh, space shuttle shaped uh, spacecraft on top of one of those Atlas V and um, that will definitely be something I would like to see. Even I think uh, also the, the SpaceX uh, space uh, launch, the uh, manned SpaceX launch would be a really nice uh, thing and um, also the, uh, the, the, the Boeing capsule um, what I was able to see so far from a looks also really interesting. I hope that all uh, three companies uh, will have a lot of uh, luck and good ideas for developing uh, their special kind of uh, new future spacecraft and I'm really looking forward to see uh, the next uh, manned uh, launch from the, uh, the KSC again. That's I think it's more like the, the old Apollo days. Perhaps uh, the rockets are not so powerful like uh, like in, in the Apollo days, but at least they are manned, and this is something really special to see that people uh, are able to construct uh, such a such a fantastic uh, technical device that is able to carry people safe to the ISS. I think this is, this is some something you, you have to see, like a space shuttle launch. Those are some amazing accomplishments. How about the orbiters? Here we have now, at this point, all of the orbiters are in their new homes. They have mm -hmm. uh, construction, I think, in many cases for yeah. Endeavour and Atlantis. Mm -hmm. uh, Enterprise also has things that are coming up where they will have new exhibit areas. Mm -hmm. Do you expect to go see the orbiters in their new homes in the future? Um, yes, um, this is also one. Uh, uh, I, th I think this is uh, this is a, um, a mission goal for me before uh, the new manned uh, launches will take place. That I will visit all the different orbiters, including Enterprise, uh, at their uh, at their homes. Even some of my friends at the KSC said, well, you know, you have to see first all the other orbiters and then tell us uh, about them. And so we can compare how um, uh, they do over there at their locations compared to, to ours at the KSC. I think that they have a small kind of contest o uh, over there and uh, everyone wants, wants to display it. Uh, in a very special uh, special way, and this 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 will be really uh, nice to uh, find out how they will do this because I know that they will display all the three um, orbiters that have been to space in a different way, and this will makes it very interesting to see them. I agree. I think there'll be a lot of people that will have that on their list of, of vacations to take. The number of trips you've made yeah. in, uh, in 18 years to Cape Kennedy, to the visitor complex, mm -hmm. you've gotten to know some people or they've gotten to know you, and you're sort of a regular, a celebrity amongst the visitor complex workers. Yes, uh, yes I am. I, I still not think I'm such a unique or special person. Um, I I support the program my way. A lot of people, let's compare it to, to something uh, more uh, familiar to other people. A lot of people do support a team 
like a football team or a baseball team or basketball or uh, the sports they would like. My team is Team Space. And so I support them. Okay, um, I have to travel uh, longer to, to, uh, to do this. But I think it's also uh, important and nice to um, support this kind of team, the Team Space. Outstanding. You know, I can't think of much to add to our discussion. It's been interesting to talk to you. And uh, just for background for people that are listening to us here, uh, we met when Discovery was about to depart KSC on its way mm -hmm. to the Smithsonian in Washington. Yes. Uh, that was where I first met you. And mm -hmm. it's interesting that the introduction was from some of the press that had made many trips for launches and landings and events <laughs> there at Cape Kennedy, they said, hey, Klaus is there. Have you met Klaus? <laughs> and I go, uh, no, where is he? And it turned out we were staying at the same hotel. And uh, so it's been it's been quite a, a well, from April until now that, uh, yeah. that I first met you. Yes, um, it was something really special for me. Uh, for me and I'm... Um, fascinated and I'm also thankful that I uh, was able to meet you and could tell my story uh, so you can uh, show other people um, it's worth to um, follow your, your dreams or your hobbies and uh, if you're interested in space you can uh, attend a launch watching it or use your uh, your knowledge in the industry that supports the program. There are a lot of possibilities. Um, even on my last trip, I learned that um, there are a lot of people uh, uh, supporting the program that you have no idea of. I spoke, spoke to, a, to a lady that was uh, manufacturing the thermal, the thermal uh, heat blankets. And uh, this is a special kind of suing. I would have never imagined that it's possible. So even if people think, hey, I'm not this special uh, technology or science interested person, I can't help uh, the people uh, to support the space program. You never know. You may be able to do this. There are a lot of uh, possibilities to... Uh, supportive and to bring mankind forward. So, give it a try. Excellent words. Most excellent. Thank you, Klaus, for joining us on Talking Space and talking to us about your friends, the orbiters. Thank and, you, Mark. And, of course, your many trips here. It's good to hear how successful those journeys have been and what a special memory they have for you. Mm -hmm. And all the, the people say, um, well, space, uh, following the space problem is such a special thing and I'm alone. You're not. You're not alone in the United States and you're not alone in the world. There are a lot of people who are interested in, and even a lot of people travel great dis distances to see this. It's, it's worth to do it. And hang on, don't uh, uh, let anything get into your way pursue the interests and uh, if you want to do so something in the uh, in the space program or want to see a launch do it it's worth it 
Well, as I've said before, everybody knows who this is, but I do have a guest that uh, you'll be hearing a new voice that I haven't heard before and I hope you'll find interesting. This is uh, someone from across the pond, from Germany, that through another friend actually was introduced to on Twitter, and I'd like to welcome Starling LX, better known as Alex, to Talking Space. Hi. Hello there, Mark. Thanks for having me. You know, you've got a story in itself just in uh, that time frame before I actually briefly met you at Kennedy Space Center. Uh, a mutual friend on, on Twitter, Travelholic, was, I guess, at uh, the Space Coast in Florida. And I contacted him and, and asked him about his visit. And he said he was about to leave to return home to Germany and uh, that you were going to be coming over and that I should say hello if we had the opportunity and and we did thanks to perseverance on your part and mine and trying to make contact with Twitter but uh, you didn't have an easy trip over here because you came right after another visitor to the US a certain Hurricane Sandy mm -hmm. uh, I was nearly surprised that you made it but but knowing some of your interest in space I'm not surprised really that you did but how was your trip <laughs> <laughs> well I gotta tell you I was very very lucky I, it was quite some effort but in the end I was really lucky so uh, after Sandy um, well the, the storm already had went through but uh, apparently there was still a lot of problems with the infrastructure they didn't have any power the airports were closed and this was still the case the day before I was supposed to leave from Frankfurt and um, I was looking at my uh, my flight schedule or at the flight status on the internet, and every flight before mine was being canceled. And I was just waiting for that to happen to my flight as well. Actually, I tried to rebook um, on the day before to some other flight, but every every other connection that I could get would bring me um, to to Kennedy Space Center way too late, so I would have missed the first event. And uh, well, I sort of had already given up and I was really sad that apparently I wasn't going to make it over there because I was just waiting for my flight to be canceled. But then um, the morning when I was supposed to leave, I got up in the morning and I had an email because I signed up to a newsletter from Newark Airport where I was supposed to go to. And um, it, it told me, well, the airport is going to be open from, from 7 a.m. And I, my, my hopes really started to rise. And I went to the airport, I got in line, I met a couple um, from the Baltimore area, and we were talking a little bit, and this, this becomes important later, and then we did the check-in, and finally we went to the gate, and to my surprise, we started boarding. And um, when I was on board, uh, the purser announced that everybody who had a connecting flight in Newark, I did in <clears throat> fact, was supposed to come off the airplane again because Newark wouldn't take any more passengers and uh, then uh, he waited one minute and then afterwards he said well uh, unless you would be willing to continue the trip on your own because we cannot offer you any connections the airport for domestic flights is still closed and then this couple that I met, uh, met in line they told me well we could offer you to take you out of um, the the New York area because we're driving uh, down to Baltimore and so if you want to uh, get a flight from there um, down to Florida we'd be happy to drive you to the airport and I, I was so lucky firstly that my flight was the only flight in three days that left from Frankfurt airports 
to to the New York area, and then I met the couple that actually drove me to Baltimore Airport, which was even 40 minutes from their home still, and uh, I got a flight there for which I had to pay an extra, well, $250, which was not too bad, but which would not take me to um, Orlando um, as I had planned because flights to Orlando were very expensive, but Fort Lauderdale. And then uh, from Fort Lauderdale, it was another three hours drive, of course, for me to get to Cocoa Beach where my hotel was. So uh, I think in the end, um, I was up for about 30 hours and I arrived at the hotel at 3.30 in the middle of the night. But I made it and I made it on time. So I was so happy that the next morning uh, I I could go uh, to the VAB and see Atlantis in there because this was the day before the rollover. So uh, I was totally exhausted, but just so happy to be there. And I couldn't believe all the luck that I have had up up to that point already. So it was just just an uh, interesting and exhausting and amazing journey. But it was uh, it it was it was fun nonetheless. You're no stranger to to Kennedy Space Center and NASA and the shuttle program, but here you are in Germany. So how did you? make the connections what was your first trip uh, here for for these type things well the very first trip in fact was um already when i was about 20 years old well i was i mean i was interested in space from early days on i cannot even remember i think it started with uh, like for many people it started with with uh, science fiction for me it started with star trek i remember watching the original series when i was six years old and ever since i've been hooked on space flight and 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 uh, space exploration and uh, but actually i was 20 years about 19 i think 19 years old when i first uh, came to the states in fact i went to a space camp in huntsville and uh, after that week that or i think it was only five days that we spent there um we went down to kc to watch a launch and actually this was the first time that i saw a launch i don't uh, really remember i think it was I, I can't really tell you which which flight it was, but uh, it um, was certainly some experience. Just we were standing at the the beach somewhere in, in Titusville, and we're looking over there, and this sound and uh, just ro- the thunder rolling over the water, and then seeing seeing the shuttle take off. This was like the best experience ever. But this was only the first time, so I saw. I thought, well, this was so amazing. I have to come back here, and what I did in the end was um, that um, my studies um, over in Germany, well, I did mechanical engineering, uh, a bachelor's there, and I said, well, after uh, my bachelor's, um, I want to go over um, to Florida and do um, aerospace engineering there and do my master's there. But I want to do it in Florida, so I'm close uh, to to the Cape, so I can go there and sh- and watch every every shuttle launch that will that is happening in this time, and and that I did. So I came back in '98, uh, yeah, August of '98. I was I was back in Florida, and I stayed for one and a half years, and I think I saw five or six shuttle launches. So which was uh, really really. Uh, impressive so even one day uh, we uh, well I was at UCF in Orlando and uh, one of these guys just managed to get us a car pass so we could actually I mean this was way before um, the security was uh, well uh, became more strict um, we could drive up to the to the VAB with our own car and I was I had a pickup truck and it was a night launch 
I came there, I pulled in a lot, and I stood at the back of my pickup truck in front of the VAB, and I saw this just huge orange light when when liftoff finally came and this was so incredibly amazing i haven't seen any anything like this before i haven't heard anything like this before being that close and i was basically just standing right in front of the the launch clock uh, with my with my car at least it felt like that and uh, I, I was just standing there in awe, and I couldn't couldn't move for for minutes because uh, this was just the most uh, well impressive thing that I've ever seen. And that was during a time that really the shuttle launches kind of in the middle of the program. It sounds like, mm-hmm. and they were they were really considered to be pretty routine. And yeah. it, I bet there was not a crowd around you like there uh, certainly was at the last few launches of the program. That is true. Yeah. Not many people there. That's that's, that's true. When did you um, start with uh, paying attention to social media as a way of of keeping in touch with with your interest in this? Uh, well, actually, this was only uh, about over a year ago. Well, in fact, it was July uh, 2011, uh, shortly before the final mm-hmm. space shuttle launch. Um, before that, I was uh, quite skeptical still about social media because it didn't really see the point. But then I finally found out that uh, people actually share their interests, uh, or yeah, talk about, uh, talk to each other about what they're interested in, and uh, that for me being space. And I actually saw, hey, there's there's a lot of other people that actually uh, like talking about the same as I do, and uh, this is how I started getting in touch uh, with people that are um, also interested in, in space flight and, and space exploration. So it's, it's, not, it's not been that long, so just about in time for the last uh, shuttle launch, and um, yeah, that was, that was quite cool. In fact, uh, having not, well, I just, I think I had my smartphone for a couple of months only uh, when I started that, and actually I had the smartphone with me to watch the final uh, space shuttle launch. I was on business trip in uh, in Paris, and I was sitting there in, in the lounge waiting for my flight to depart, and um, I, I was really begging that uh, the launch wouldn't get postponed any longer, because then I would still be able to see it. I had the NASA on my iPhone, and I was watching that, sitting there, and uh, just just waiting for, for, the last, for the last launch, and uh, I... <laughs> Uh, when 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 it came to the uh, T minus thirty one second hold, I was like, no no no, please please don't let me miss it, <laughs> and <laughs> and then I was sitting. I didn't. I forgot my headphones. In fact, so I was watching. I had the volume up, and people around me. I mean, some of them were talking before, but all of a sudden, uh, I had this on and I had the volume put up quite loud. I mean, it was I was and I was aware I was kind of disturbing the others, but in that. That moment, I really didn't care. I wanted to see that, and I wanted to hear what's going on. So, but all of a sudden, I noticed that how the people around me uh, stopped talking. They became quieter and quieter, and everybody was was, was uh, looking at my my little display. People standing behind me were looking at this little display because they were, they realized what was going on. Actually, this is the final shuttle launch ever, and it became. So quiet, you could hear a pin drop, and then there was the, they came out of the hold, and uh, we, I saw the I saw the launch, and it was the final one. I couldn't help but uh, couldn't help it. I just uh, when when tear was, was running down my cheek, and my colleague was looking at me like, everything okay? You're nuts." 
<laughs> but uh, um, that was that was really cool because you notice that other people uh, realized that was a special moment too. And then I, I couldn't even. I think I saw a solid rocket booster separation, and I had then we had to run because our flight uh, was boarding already, and we were the two last people to actually board the plane. It was like <laughs> two seconds before they they closed the gate, but I saw it. So. I mean, that's not exactly now social media, but this is, uh, well, the, the NASA app helped me actually uh, to, to witness uh, that, that launch. And that's something because there are certain events that you think about that you remember. I was in such and such a place when something happened. You think of those mm. things. And no doubt there are people that were there at, at the airport with you that said, ah, there was this woman. She was watching something on her phone, and we looked, and there it was. It was the, the shuttle launch. Mm. And, uh, you know, that's a little bit of the the outreach that I think is of great value to, to have people know what's going on. And it was your interest and your excitement that, that passed that on to others. So as long as we're talking about shuttle, let's let's get on to the, uh, to the, really, the really good part. Now, you were there for Atlantis. We talked about your trip here and that you got to see it in the VAB before the rollover to the visitor complex started. Was that the first shuttle that you got, you got that close to? And could you talk about that day when during rollover? Uh, well, it was the first time that I actually got that close, yes. Uh, the only other vehicle that I've seen up close was uh, Enterprise and the Smithsonian over uh, at Utvahazi. But uh, the first time being close to an orbiter, really, like you can almost touch it, this was, wow. This was, yeah, now this, on, on the roll of a day, this was the first time for me being that close. And I was just thrilled to see her. Uh, turned the corner when she was being being towed, and I couldn't wait for her to to show up at the gate and being towed into the the, the public area where everybody could see her. And then there she was, and I w I walked all the way from from the entrance of of the gate to where she was uh, parked for the three hours. I, I walked along with her, and I was actually I couldn't believe that that uh, security wouldn't really chase us away. I was I, I was under her wing. I couldn't believe it. It's like she's there, there she is. She's so huge because the day before she looked so tiny in the VAB, but then she's on the road and it's this huge thing, and you're right underneath her. And wow, you can see the tiles, you can see the numbers on the tiles, and you're there, and you see the the how how scarred she really is because I had never realized that. Before I know, I know that Discovery looks looks worse, but I mean you can really uh, see her bear the scars of, of her uh, of her different ascents and entries, and this is so cool to stand there and to know that this vehicle has has been in space and has returned safely so many times, and now its time is over. That was that was so sad. I was so happy and sad at the same time. This is really messing up my my emotions. I didn't really know what to think. I just took as many pictures as I could, and I, I just uh, was there with her, and, and I saw all the other people being so excited. That was really, really cool day. There were there were other things that were going on as well. I, I mean, Atlantis was certainly the star of the show, but the visitor complex had astronauts there. They had speakers and special presentations. And um, how do you think, what do you think of the job that they did? Well, absolutely, they did did an excellent job well it's i mean you know that, that for, for us europeans uh we're not so very uh professional in in the way um we set up that 
well, it's such kind of events, but the Americans always make the most out of it. It's, it's really, it's a show. It, it's, it has something for everybody. And uh, to make it, it was really cool that they made that possible for, uh, for, for the crowd to be that close. I would, I never expected that because when I booked the tickets, I actually, I, I called them up and then they said, well, no, we're not going to let you off the bus. You don't get to walk around and I, I was thinking wow i mean it's it's i i was a bit sad i, would, I was sad for for all the other people who were, who, who had other expectations i was even more surprised than on the day when i came in, came there and they they dropped us off there with the bus that we could actually walk around her and so could all the others so i think for for the for the for the public they did they did a fantastic job and also with all the the um it's, it wasn't only the shuttle as you said it was also all the the astronauts and all the um, well, the, the people from KAC being there, uh, giving giving speeches um, on the stage right in front of Atlantis, uh, which was just an amazing setting. I mean, uh, Bob Cabana and and Charlie Bolden together. I was surprised though that not I had I would have I had expected more people to be there, but maybe it just didn't look that crowded because the area was so huge. But um, I, I was expecting uh, so many people that I would have to squeeze in there. And this is why I came there so early. So uh, I, I got to sit there uh, in the front row. But then in the end, I noticed, well, uh, there's not that many people there. But as I said, it's probably just because of the, 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 the vast area, area that it was happening. And the STS-135 crew was, was there at this stage out in Exploration Park. Um, they give a presentation there and also later for those uh, who didn't buy the tickets to go out to Exploration Park they even got to see them in the IMAX theater um, at the Visitor Center which I thought was cool so they actually did two presentations on that same day and this is also the reason why I was always heading back and forth uh, between the Visitor Center and uh, Exploration Park because I didn't want to miss any of this so uh, this was uh, this was, but it was a good decision to go back there because uh, they even had a photo opportunity with the entire crew of STS-135 at the end of their presentation in the IMAX theater, which I hadn't expected at all. And I was like, really, we get to do a picture with the whole crew? Wow! And then everybody got in line, and then uh, yeah, that was that was really cool to be able to take a picture with them. And and before that, when I was in the IMAX theater, I even got to to ask a question. Um, uh, I asked uh, Fergie to tweet a bit more um, because he hadn't done that much in the past. And I told him, well, probably you think what you're doing now compared to flying into space is boring, but it is not. Please tell us a little more about what you're doing, what you're working on in the CST-100. Uh, also for us engineers that are around here. And then, uh, well, he sort of figured that I'm an engineer. And when we came to the photo up and he started asking a question, oh, you go to engineering school? Do you still go to school? Where, you go, where do you go to school? It was so funny because we were trying to take that picture. And he kept talking to me. I was trying to reply. And then we were trying to pose for the picture at the same time, which, of course, didn't work out. But it, it was really a cool experience. <laughs> and then... <laughs> You know, and that's, then, uh, that's pretty good when you've got an astronaut distracted and he's asking about you. And it, it's funny because you're thinking, no, 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 I want you to talk. <laughs> I know. It's like, forget the photo. I want to talk to you. Yeah, but that was, that was cool. But then, I mean, after this uh, this was over, um, I, I was heading back again to Atlantis uh, because they told me that the final bus would leave at, at 2, but in the end left at 2.30, but which was good because then I had another 45 minutes. Uh, with Atlantis being parked there. So I went back and just 
sat down um, beside her and uh, was enjoying the sun and the view. And uh, uh, then they started towing her again. And they said, well, everybody uh, who wants to go back to the visitor center, you have to leave now uh, because once she's, be once she's on the road again, the buses will not be able to pass. And I thought, wow, um, um, then I will miss when, when she arrives at the visitor center. And I was trying to head by, back, but I missed the last bus because it was already full, which again was my luck because I got to walk along with her again. I was under her wing again. And it, it was uh, then really a bit more sad than when she arrived because I knew that it's uh, the last time that I will see her on the move and, and actually... Uh, that that close because uh, when once she's in her museum home, you will not be able to walk on her wing anymore. Probably I, I don't know how they're going to set it up really, but I was I was I became a little bit sad, but I was still so happy at the same time. I was, was I kept saying wow wow wow, and I couldn't really believe my luck. And then uh, well then then she was then she was gone. She was to being towed out of Exploration Park. Uh, but then to 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 our luck, the buses uh, they, they drove up another way, and then um, in the end we were uh, back at the visitor center a long time before um, she arrived there. So I even got to see that, which is which is actually where we then met uh, down by uh, by the by her new home where she was passing right before she 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 entered the the building. So um, I got really got the most out of that day. I, I saw Atlantis twice. I saw the SS-135 crew twice. Uh, I met tons of new people. And it was also cool to meet some of the people like you that I only knew from, from Twitter. Uh, it's always, always great to meet these people in, in real life. And uh, yeah, so for me, I'm, I can really say it was the perfect day. Alex, I noticed on your Twitter description, your bio there, that you're involved with Space Up Europe and I've never been to a Space Up event and I know the Space Up Europe is things that have, have started fairly recently. Tell me all about it. Tell us about what its, uh, what its origin there is and how you got started. Uh -huh, okay, so uh, we know that the Space Up events uh, that have become quite popular in the US in the past few years and uh, the space up is is what would you call a bar camp I don't know if you're familiar with the concept but uh, the idea of uh, such an event is that um, the people or actually people notice that during regular conferences um, the important things or the most interesting things always happen in between the breaks and so to say in the hallway and during hallway conversations and the idea of uh, such an event is of an unconference which is a bar camp or unconference is that you uh, make these hallway conversations more or less the same point meaning um, converting this conference uh, into a more interactive format involving more people at the same time and not make it just uh, having a speaker in front and not even waiting for a reaction from the audience. So um, this is the, the concept around this, this uh, the space up itself. And um, I got together with five other um, space tweets that I know from uh, from the, all the tweet ups that I went before, uh, and they had the idea mm, to bring this to our side of the pond because nobody had done that before uh, in Europe. 
So um, they started organizing and uh, somewhere along the way they asked me if, if I wanted to join because uh, it, it turned out to be quite some work uh, since they really uh, in, initially they set that up to be a very big event and in the end uh, we had around I think we were around 100 people or so uh, and, and this event took place in, in Belgium at the end uh, of September. So uh, we were quite busy organizing that for months and months on, and uh, we had uh, we asked people from from ESA also to join, um, and uh, we actually couldn't have done this without ESA uh, because their communication department people helped us out so much with giving us contacts, giving us email addresses, giving us people. Uh, who we could talk to to actually bring um, all this kind of people together because the idea is uh, to have space enthusiasts but also professionals and um, all sorts of uh, you know, different levels so to say in space expertise uh, and bring them together and um, have interaction and actually discuss about the topics that they find most exciting. So um, this is what we did and we actually uh, received replies. We had I think four or five speakers uh, from ESA there. There were also two astronauts uh, live and in person who gave their very very exciting presentations which was uh, Christopher Fuglsang was one of them and Paolo Nespoli. They were there in person and then we even had participant from the US, which was Ron Garen, who joined us um, through video conference, and also um, not an astronaut, but also very famous, Emily Lactavala from the Planetary Society, and she uh, told us a little bit about curiosity, and um, each and every one of them took many questions and discussion started. And um, also we had um, Bas Landstorp from the Mars One project who wants to put people on Mars by uh, 2023. And this was really the most uh, controversial uh, discussion. And this really got, uh, I would say, the blood heated up in the audience. And this is where the, the real space up spirit was really, uh, was really there. You could really feel it because this was the most interactive session. This was uh, quite some uh, quite some journey, uh, but uh, it was um, a, a great success, I would say. And uh, also, what what happened afterwards is which is what we also intended to do is kick this whole thing off in Europe. And actually, we I think we managed to start a chain reaction because uh, after our event, uh, then people who attended the space up. Uh, Europe, the first one, they said, well, we want to do this, uh, the same thing. We want to do one in, in Poland. We want to do one in the UK. And in fact, the one uh, in Poland is coming up. And I think the UK one is planned for um, around spring next year. So uh, this was this is great that, that this, really, uh, this really worked out, that now the Space Up um, concept came to Europe and actually is spreading out. And I even heard that now um, there's space ups being organized in, in India. And uh, so it's, it's really great to see that uh, there's, there's uh, space, people interested in space coming together uh, all over the world now. And it's, it's also an exchange between um, the different co uh, countries and continents because it's not only people from Europe attending the space up. Europe, and uh, this is also, I think, what it's about to make make this uh, a more global experience. Do I have an understanding correct here that uh, the the big number of the attendees of a space up 
unconference are people that have some very solid knowledge of, of different aspects of space and space flight, space programs, and that they're they're contributing ideas, that, that it really is a dynamic that develops. It's not just a, a presentation and then questions. It's a two-way conversation. Is that is that what you're... Yeah, exactly. So everybody um, who, who comes there is also is actually asked to participate in one way or the other by giving a presentation, by hosting uh, um, a roundtable uh, or discussion, a panel. Um, there are also some other concepts there, what they call T minus five talks, which are there to give inspiration, which is really just a five minute talk with a few slides. And it's really condensed, but it's uh, supposed to kick things off and um, then uh, start discussions around that and start to thinking around that, which then can go on uh, any time during the conference and in any of the breaks or uh, even uh, bring it into the the other um, the other sessions so um, yes the idea is that those people that come there um, can present anything that is related to space so they do not have to be engineers or they do not have to be scientists so everybody every enthusiast even can come there and maybe just share their experience that they just had like probably with me uh, seeing Atlantis at the rollover. This is probably also a good topic um, um, for a space up. I mean, uh, one of my colleagues, uh, Ramco, he he went uh, to Baikonur um, at yeah, December last year to see Andre Kuiper's uh, launch. And uh, he did a presentation on his trip to, to Baikonur, which was quite fascinating. So there's all different sorts of uh, topics that are being discussed there. The only thing is they have to be related to space. That's incredible. I'm I'm actually more excited right now, and I've heard bits and pieces of this before, but I'm more excited right now about Space Up and uh, keeping track of what's going on and getting to an event myself. Yeah, you definitely should do that. It's It's quite an experience. Now, Alex, you mentioned that you have a degree in mechanical engineering and you've had some additional studies, I'm sure. What are you doing these days? What uh, what pays the bills? What's your Monday through Friday or, or Monday through Saturday <laughs> routine or maybe your seven days a week? But what's life yeah, what's yeah. life like for you? What are you what are you doing in the working world now? Yeah, so I mean I have the, this mechanical engineering degree from Germany and I have the aerospace masters uh, from UCF but at the moment I'm working uh, in aviation and not in space so at the moment I'm at uh, Frankfurt Airport and Frankfurt Airport has its own research department and there we are involved in a couple of national and also uh, European uh, projects and one of these being uh, the CESAR uh, program, which uh, is uh, trying to harmonize air traffic management and management all over Europe. And uh, since I'm from the airport, um, I'm, of course, more in, involved in the airport projects. And I'm a project manager of uh, one of the one of those projects, which, uh, which deals uh, with airport demand and capacity balancing. It's what it's called. Uh, trying to figure out how to best use the available capacity that is there at an airport, uh, taking into account um, yeah, um, the optimization process um, over all stakeholders, not just the airport itself, but taking into account ATC needs and, of course, the airline needs because they're the ones that actually uh, have the passengers that we're there for. 
So um, this this is what I'm doing right now, and also looking into the, the network effects. Um, well, for for our traffic management all of Europe. So that's that's what I'm doing at the moment, more or less. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. So this is uh, what pays the bills. But I wouldn't mind uh, working in space. So uh, I'm when when my project has come to a certain point where I could say, well, I hand it over well why not look around what is what is out there i mean i'm I'm not really specialized at the moment which uh, will make it hard because i think that uh, in the space industry you need to be more uh, an expert on on certain topics to actually uh, get a job but um, doesn't mean that I won't. I'm not willing to work myself into every uh, any subject that is out there. So I mean, I have the education for that, and we were trained to solve problems, and this is what I do basically. It doesn't matter in which field. <laughs> Very interesting. Well, I'll tell you something that one of the NASA payload managers told me. Uh, again, this was for STS-134, and. Uh, part of the payload certainly on that flight was AMS-2, but the NASA payload manager told me, he said, well, because somebody had asked him, what happens next? Because this was, you know, the the flight before the final flight of the shuttle program. Mm. And he said, well, when one door closes, another one opens. He said, we'll have work to do. NASA's not closing. Kennedy Space Center's not closing. We'll, we'll be continuing. We've got uh, plenty of things to do. He said, I'm not sure exactly what I'll be doing after this, but... Uh, you know, there will be opportunities, and I'm looking forward to it. One last thing, Alex, before we go, how can people find you online? At, at the moment, Twitter is the main thing. I am, of course, on Facebook and also on Google+, Plus, where I uh, do not post as much as I do on Twitter. But um, certainly, I post the links to uh, when I upload my pictures on Flickr, which I still will do for my Atlantis experience, uh, which I haven't really had time for this weekend yet but when we hang up i'm gonna get right to it and uh well on facebook it's it's just my name it's alex von eckartsberg and the same thing for google plus so um if people want to find me there they certainly can well alex thank you for joining us it's been a treat to talk with you um for some reason thank you with atlantis in the background we just weren't inclined to chat this much and i'm glad i got to to fill in on on hearing a bit about you and I think our listeners will enjoy hearing about Atlantis from somebody's perspective other than my own so thank you very much <laughs> thank you for having me this is really fun